Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Uh, The story we're going to share today is a powerful illustration of the power of prayer. And it is cool. You're going to love it. You don't want to miss it. And then I'm going to talk about the post-run dip in a swimming pool. (laughs) If you're hot right now, maybe it'll cool you off. And joining me for those stories and much more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. We've had a busy past few days. We have. Yeah. A good past few days, though. Yeah, they have been. Yeah. We, um, for those of you out there listening, we, you know, we're, like you said in your, your notes here, we're still kind of riding high from the announcement of the merger with Upward Sports. And we spent the past two days, our team with their entire team and people, who are outside our organization but are know the Run for God ministry and then people from outside their organization that know the upward ministry. And it was what's called a design, design thinking workshop. Yeah. I have, I have never been a part of one. I've heard of them. Um, but it was two days of intense, basically just getting everything out on the table. Yeah. And figuring out, cause that's the cool thing about, this partnership with Upward, it's going to allow us to to do things we've never been able to do, uh, and mainly because of resources and people and staff. And um, so we really just got everything out on the table, and it was it was an incredible two days, but it was an exhausting. My my brain hurts. <laughs> my brain still hurts right now. <laughs> uh, but it was incredible, and I, I just commend the the all the team at Upward for. Uh, they've done that several times in the upper organization and it's, uh, it's just a really cool exercise to, cause you know, sometimes we, we're guilty of being in an echo chamber. Yeah. You know, we, we've For often sure. said it before when we're working on our website and, and people email in or call in, they say something doesn't make sense. And, and we're, we're like, yeah, it does. Yeah. And, but we have to remember we're in it every single day. That's so right. this was an exercise to, really listen to people outside of our organizations just as much as we were listening to each other. And uh, a lot of cool things come out of it. And I'm I'm so excited to be able to start rolling some of these things out and announcing some of these things out uh, that it's, are coming out. But it, it was exciting. And a couple of things. It's going to take some time before you really start to see things change sure. at all because yeah. they've got other priorities. they got other things going on that they've yeah. got to focus on, and they don't want to move too fast. That was one of the comforting things is that they want to make sure that we're comfortable moving forward and they're comfortable moving forward, and we do the right things sure. that we don't just knee-jerk react. And the most amazing thing and the most impressive thing to me was you could feel the Holy Spirit in that room Absolutely. as we were going through all of that. Yeah. yeah and that so was... if there's any, if, if you listen to this podcast regularly and you're worried at all about this partnership with Upward, they're focused the same way we are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah from the top down. I mean, Kevin is, is at the helm of, of Upward and, and just, it's just obviously his heart for God, his heart for sharing. I mean, I got to witness one, one of the, the people that was there, you know, that was kind of a question whether, you know, they were a believer or not. And, and I got to watch Kevin 
share the gospel with him. Yeah. In a, in a kind of an unconventional way, but Kevin picked up on it. And even right there in our meetings, you know, we were in a little breakout session. I saw him get right to the point, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I mean, so from the, their leadership top to bottom is just first class. Want to reach people for Christ. And, uh, I left there more encouraged than I was going in there. I was, I was pumped, excited. We said it on the last podcast or the podcast with Travis on here. But I, I left more excited, but ready for a bed. Yep. <laughs> yep. Same way. Yeah. Same way for me. Yep. For sure. All right. So this week's sponsor, um, one of our favorites, Frontrunner Athletics. Uh, Frontrunner has always been a Run for God supporter. It's the local running store with a great family atmosphere right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But if you don't live here, you can still support Frontrunner by ordering their merchandise online. They've got a very robust website now. And if you use the code RFG10 at checkout, you'll get a 10% discount. And here's the thing. You'll be supporting a business that supports not only Run for God, but a business that is run on Christian principles. Chad, and there again, top to bottom there. Yep. Um, this is a, this is becoming rare these days, you know, especially in our sport. Um, and so, but Frontrunner Athletics is a business you can count on. Uh, go to frontrunnerathletics.com. That's frontrunnerathletics.com to shop today or visit their location on Hickson Pike in Chattanooga. But don't forget to use the code RFG10 for a 10% discount. So thank you to Chad and, and all the team over there for the years of support that they've, they've provided. We, we just couldn't do what we do without them. That's right. That's right. And you help us out when you use that code too. Not only do you yeah. get a discount, but it shows them that, that you're listening and you're paying right. attention and, and you're wanting to support their ministry. Yeah. And we, we really promote supporting your local running store, but there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that don't have that. Maybe they just have a box store and, um, you know, it's a big box nationwide chain. That's right. You can, you can shop local. From anywhere in the country by shopping with uh, Front Runner. So uh, go check them out. Absolutely. Our Facebook post from last week comes from Patrick Rainey. He said, It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. Finally, after injuries and health issues, we'll be starting over from day one, square one. Don't let anyone steal your joy or say you're not enough. The enemy will lie to you and try to place doubt in your mind. The devil revels in chaos and confusion, but I know a prayer answering God. When the answer is yes, everything is wonderful. When it's a no, even though frustrating, he has something better for you. And when it is not yet, you may, when it is not yet, you may have to ride out the storm in life, but that storm will strengthen you, your faith, and you'll appreciate this new season. So for the first time in quite a while, I got to 10,000 steps. I will work towards 10,000 steps a day, walking and building endurance. August 1 will start day one, workout one from couch to marathon for my third attempt. I'm going to the enemy's camp and taking back what he stole from me. I may have to wear some compression socks and garments to help prevent injury, but thinking of it this way, putting on my full armor in serving God, giving him all the praise, honor, and glory. After all, with God, we already know that we have the victory. We may have to go through trials and storms, but the victory will be that much sweeter. Be blessed, all. Mentally, physically, and spiritually ready to battle this challenge again. Be blessed, 
all beyond measure. Let's bless and continue to encourage one another on our journey. You know, it just really stands out to me is, is you don't, you don't really, you, you take a lot of time on this, but you don't take a lot of time trying to match. No. Stories with posts, you just, you grab what you think is the best. It's just crazy that the story we're about to read is yeah. about prayer and real storms, yep. physical <laughs> storms. And it's just, I, and I didn't even pick up on that until you read it again right there. And it's like, it just jumped out at me. Um, it's funny how that works. God coordinates this thing. It's amazing. Yeah. But he's talking about not giving up. And, you know, that's a, that's a theme. We see it over and over again, right? Over the years. And you know, what I like about what he's talking about here is he's talking about something very simple. You and I both like simple. Mm-hmm. And his simple plan is just get in 10,000 steps a day. You know, however I get those in, it's good. If I can get in 10,000 steps a day, it's good. Sure. You know, Debbie, I've talked about her on here. She gets in her 10,000 steps a day, no matter what. You know, she was recently really, really sick. And every day she figured out a way to get in her 10,000 steps. You know, it, it's at lunchtime. She's going and walking around the yard that it, uh, it, it's just she figures it out. Yeah. Sometimes it's up and down the hallway, but it's 10,000 steps a day. And uh, that's 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 a big deal. Now, consistency th- is the most important thing in just about anything in our life. It's yeah. Consistency. And, and Debbie does that. She's consistent. Well, and she's got every excuse not to, right. right? You know, she not only was she sick recently, but she's got a breathing condition that makes mm-hmm. it really hard for her to breathe. Um, there's several reasons why it would be hard for her to do it. Sure. And she just gets out and does it. Yeah. And that's everybody here can do that. And a simple plan like I want to get in 10,000 steps a day is awesome because mm-hmm. it's, it's super measurable and it may not be easy to do, but it's easy to figure out whether or not you're doing what you said you would do. Right. And that's awesome. Our trivia question from last week. <laughs> Something crazy took place this year at the Badwater 135 Ultra Marathon race this year. Actually, more than one thing. Name one of them. Okay. I have to make an apology here because I read somewhere that they had to change the course and shorten the course. Like they had to transport people from one place and skip over part of the course. And so that was pretty crazy to have to do that. But now I can't find that story anywhere. Although I will say I saw somebody post something just re- just in the last week that showed that Maybe I, maybe I did see that. I, I wasn't the only one that saw that. And so I'm not sure whether they, I, I assume they ran the whole thing because they keep talking about this Ashley Paulson, who is female, who won the overall race. So that's the incredible thing that happened. Um, and ran the second fastest time ever for the Badwater. So you're saying you might have read something on the internet that wasn't true. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but because I mean everything on the internet is true. We know because Abraham Lincoln said exactly, it. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, but this is really cool. This uh, Ashley Paulson who ran this race for the first time last year and ran crazy fast. People accused her of cheating mm-hmm. last year because she ran so fast. And so I think as soon as people started accusing her of cheating, she circled this race on this year's calendar to make sure she came back and proved to everybody that she didn't cheat. Now, Ashley has some history. Mm -hmm. She was a triathlete, and she got busted for for doing some things that weren't Mm -hmm. 
above board. And so I'm sure that's why she attracted the attention and why people thought, well, you know, she, she's still up to her old tricks, but it appears that she's, she's a good lady. She's cleaned up. She's doing really well. And she is just absolutely rewriting the record books, especially on the female side of ultra endurance races. You know, isn't it sad that we've gotten to the place? And I think the internet is a lot to blame for this. Maybe it was going on before the internet and we just didn't know it, but it's like I question everything nowadays. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you about something. You said something on the way home last night. We had a long drive home. You, you made the comment, um, that for every, one death from heat, there's 10 deaths from cold. Yeah. And I was like, that's not right. There's no way that's not right. That's can't be right. Yeah. And so I got home or this morning and I looked it up and it was right. Yeah. But it's, it's sad that I, any statistic I hear now, it's like I'm super sensitive and I want to go and I didn't look at one website. I went to several different places because you have to, because you have to. And, and it's, it's sad that. We, we can't, just like you did here, you, you put faith in something you saw online and it turns out it looks like it wasn't true. But what that does for me is it contrasts something. The Bible. Mm. Never been proven wrong. That's right. It's never been, it's, people have questioned it and when they go to research it, they find that it's more true than they even thought. Yep. And so I, I don't know. I don't know why that hit me this morning that it's sad that we have to question everything we hear nowadays, but it's so refreshing that we, there's still one thing out there that through all the lies and deception and marketing that we see nowadays, there's one thing that has never ever changed. And that's why it's so refreshing to get into the word because yeah. it's true. We don't have to wonder if that's it's right. true. Because we know that for 2,000 years, people have been trying to trying prove to. it yeah. not true, right. and they can't do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, this Badwater race, we've talked about this race before on here, but just let me just reiterate if you've never heard this before. Here's from their website. It says, it's the world's toughest foot race, covering 135 miles nonstop from Death Valley to Mount Whitney, California, the Badwater 135 is the most demanding and extreme running race offered anywhere on the planet, as well as the 135-mile World Championship. The start line is at Badwater Basin, Death Valley, which marks the lowest elevation in North America at 280 feet below sea level. The race finishes at Whitney Portal at 8,300 feet, which is the trailhead to the Mount Whitney Summit, the highest point in the contiguous United States. The Badwater 135 course covers three mountain ranges for a total of 14,600 feet of cumulative vertical ascent and 6,100 feet of cumulative descent. Competitors travel through places or landmarks with names like Mushroom Rock, Furnace Creek, Salt Creek, Devil's Cornfield, Devil's Golf Course, Stovepipe Wells, Panamint Springs, Darwin, Keeler, Lone Pine, Alabama Hills, and the Sierra Nevada. You know, I just don't think I want to run Badwater. I think I'm out on on the uh, 135 miles of climbing mountains. 
Yeah. Well, you know, the, in the 130 degree heat, the, the kind of the legend of this race. And I don't think it's like this every year, but there, there are particular years where you have to run on the white line. Yeah. Or when you're down in the valley and I mean, it's a hundred and whatever degrees outside or your shoes will start to deteriorate much, basically melting. Yep. Um, because if, if you run on that black asphalt, I mean, if it's a hundred and I mean, asphalt can easily get to, 200 plus degrees. Yeah. Uh, here. Yep. You know, add a 20 more degrees onto it by being in a, in a, <laughs> in a pit. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's inspiring, but it's not inspiring enough to get me on a plane to go. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I don't want to do it. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, we were having dinner with a group this week and one of the ladies <laughs> we were having dinner with. You know, she, I was telling her about this race and she looked at me and she goes, why, why would anybody put themselves through that? Was that ABC Jennifer? That was ABC, ABC Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I said, well, you know, people just want to challenge themselves and some people do it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. ABC Jennifer challenged herself in a whole different way. Yeah. I think, I think some of the upward crew. They're they're gonna jump into the couch to marathon. It sounds like next year. So, I'm pretty excited. Uh, that, about that's it. gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back, and if you're not a Run Club member and you're just listening to this podcast, you should be a Run Club member because you get so much for it. One of the things that you get for that is a Thursday night live session. So here we talk about all sorts of things here. We're kind of trying to cater to a little bit of everybody here, from the walker all the way to you know somebody who's um, just got a, a, a faith in God and wants mm-hmm. to wants to deepen that, but hear hear about it in a running context. But on Thursday nights, a lot of times we go a lot deeper mm-hmm. and we talk about training principles and things you can do to make yourself better. And then again, sometimes those are Bible studies or other things, but Thursday nights are pretty exciting. It's a little more interactive. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to ask questions as we go. And, uh, that's a lot of fun. So if you're not part of run for, if you're not part of run club at this point, you need to go to run, runforgod.com and join and then check us out on Thursday nights. And you can always watch those back later too. So there's a lot of archives you can go back and watch. And stories, we're going to talk about somebody's story again, and we need yours. And we know we've heard about people who tell us they have a story, but they haven't written it down. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that boat, which most of you are. (laughs) It's a lot of fun to write your story. Because when you when you start putting it in writing, you start thinking about all the nuances and the little details that you may not thought about. You may not have thought about, and then you start realizing, wow, God is powerful. 
Yeah. You start thinking about all the little, I'm saying in air quotes, coincidences, which we know there, there is no such thing. But when you put it down in writing, it really makes you focus on the details and the nuances and it, it's fun to do. Yeah. Yep. It is. All right. So this happened. So I just thought this was interesting. For a, uh, this is a, a an excerpt. It says, "For a Thursday night London screening of Barbie, Lady Amelia Windsor subverted royal expectations and wore a pair of running shoes on the red carpet. The 27-year-old model and granddaughter of the Duke of Kent paired the shoes with a thematically appropriate hot pink dress and a few casual necklaces. <laughs> I just thought that was great. But I, when you when I read this." That is very common nowadays. It is, yeah. Tennis shoes, running shoes, whatever you want to call them, with suits. I've been to a couple weddings yeah. recently where I saw that. So, yeah. but I guess in this London. This is red, car- red carpet. Yeah, I guess that's a I little mean, different. But yeah, I but, mean, that's something me or you would do. Uh, yeah, it's true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when, uh, when I got married, uh, my coach was in my wedding. I have I had never ever seen him wear anything but running shoes anywhere, no matter how dressy the situation was. And of course, we had we we were dressed nice. It's a mm-hmm. wedding, and so the question was, you know, when whenever they went to get their tux, their shoes were provided for them too. And the question was, was Westbrook gonna wear his shoes? So he was in your wedding. Yeah, <laughs> there were wagers taken as to whether or not Westbrook would wear. The running shoes or the provided shoes. And he wore the provided shoes. I was so, I was just blown away by it. And it, it, you know what it did? It told me how much he cared about me. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Only, and to this day, I've never seen him wear running, uh, anything other than running shoes anywhere. Yeah. And wow. so, uh, it's the only thing I know. And I'm sure he's done others, but uh, yeah, you see a lot of the, oh, I see pictures of the cross country runners at their proms. They always have their running shoes on nowadays, which is kind of funny. The girl lift up their dress and they got this nice dress on, but they have running shoes on. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this, this day and time, we're a whole lot more laid back mm-hmm. about dress. And I think that's, that's, I, I think like there's it. a positiveness and a negativeness in that. Sure. But I think overall it's more positive than negative for sure. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't like to wear anything. And now I, I don't mind wearing like some, some flip flops or some Crocs or something like that, but I don't like to wear shoes. Shoes, mm-hmm. I just don't like them. And boots, I can't stand to wear boots. See, I've got to wear. I, I it started with the Sanooks, and then I went to the Hey Dudes, and and now I've got some Frog Togs. But it's the slip on fabric. You know, I my sons had them. Yeah. Both my boys had them, and I used to make fun of them. It's like those are, you know, those aren't really shoes and. Um, and then I slipped a pair of one of them's on and, and now I wore you're them every single <laughs> I mean, I still wear my running shoes and I have to wear boots sometimes for different things, but man, I love, and, but I made the mistake one time. It was a pair of Sanooks. I showed up. I think I've mentioned this on here. Yeah. To run the college loop, which is four miles. And I forgot my running shoes and I thought, well, I'll just run in my Sanooks. Big mistake. That didn't go Big well. mistake. I'll never do that again. <laughs> Well, we have another story from Rhonda Williams, and it's not really a running story, but it is a great story. We need to see who holds prayer. the title for most stories. For most stories, because Rhonda is up there, and Jerry, Jerry is up there. 
Irene, I, Irene, even though Irene, we haven't really done many on the podcast, but she's got a lot in print. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got some some and great writers too. Yeah. I mean, They're we talk about so word good. pictures. I love the way yeah. Rhonda and Irene, Jerry. I mean, of course, he just has you rolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it and yeah, it's, it's really cool. Well, this one is called "This Tree Will Not Fall." My family lived in rural South Alabama when I was in high school. We had moved from metropolitan Orlando, Florida, to a house in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere in rural Alabama. So that's how the 14-year-old me saw it. That that was a big adjustment for a teenager, and I struggled. But that's a story for another time. The story I want to tell you today is about riding out a Category 4 hurricane in that house in the woods. We had a few days notice that Hurricane Frederick was on his way, so we did our best to prepare for his arrival. The storm was going to arrive in the middle of the night, so we took lots of blankets and pillows to the basement. My parents invited a few neighbors who lived in less sturdy houses to ride out the storm with us, so it was a little crowded in that small basement. When my dad felt we were as ready as we could be, he went outside and looked at all those trees. I wonder if he was second-guessing his decision to buy a house in the woods. He walked around the house and laid hands on each tree within reach of our home and declared, This tree will not fall. It was a very bold statement to make. Talk about praying with confidence. Frederick made landfall in the late evening at Dauphin Island, Alabama as a Category 4 hurricane and arrived in the middle of the night on our doorstep as a Cat 3. It was a fierce storm. The wind howled eerily. The windows bowed almost to the point of breaking, and no one got any sleep. We huddled together, and we prayed. In the morning, we crept slowly up the stairs, afraid of what we would see when my dad opened the door to the basement. The roof was still on. The windows were intact, and we saw no damage to the inside of the house. Hallelujah. Then we went outside. There were trees down everywhere, 25 in total. But none of the ones my dad laid his hands on fell. Not one. Lots of trees succumbed to the wind, but the trees my dad prayed over stood firm. What a testament to the power of prayer. That was 1979, and I still get goosebumps when I think about it. My dad taught me an important lesson that night, one I have never forgotten. He taught me about the power of prayer. One more thing. As fierce as that storm was, only five people lost their lives that night. Evidently, someone else was praying with conviction, too. It's an awesome story. Wow, what a... I mean that's that's some conviction to go out there and just to, and to or faith to go out there and to, to do boldness that and, and bold be bold in yeah that because prayer. you would think you know it is this is a category four hurricane headed at us you would almost think it's futile yeah but nothing's futile yeah yeah you know? it, this is a kind of proof of that isn't it mm-hmm. and prayer is such a difficult thing for many people. Uh, you know, we pray for things and then nothing happens a lot of times. Um, we wonder why and then we, we question ourselves, is my faith not strong enough? Or, um, you know, it's, there's lots of things that run through our mind when our prayers don't get answered. 
And I think it's because in our day and time, especially today, you know, when, when I go out for a six mile run, well, I expect to cover six miles, mm-hmm. right? If I order something on Amazon, I expect within a few days, I'm going to have something on my doorstep from Amazon. Um, you know, whatever we do these days, we expect that thing to happen and prayer doesn't work that way. Yeah. And when you're used to getting your answer very quickly on everything else that you do, it becomes difficult to accept that, well, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my faith. Maybe my faith isn't strong enough, and that's why God's not answering my prayer. Uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe I'm not chasing God's will. Maybe I'm I'm not, in, and that's why He's not answering my prayer. Um, and those those things may be the answer. They could be, but a lot of times they may not be the answer either. And sometimes God just wants to see how we get through those times of quietness, right? And it's 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 easy. I, I used the term yesterday. We were, we were talking about some things on the way back and I said, let's don't prescribe a motive that's not there. And many times that's what we do with God. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm not the best responder when somebody texts me. It has to explicitly be a question. And I'm going to use the, I'm going to use gay as the example here. Gay, if gay sends you a text message, you had better respond. Yeah. It don't, she may send a text message that says the sky is blue. You better respond and say, yes, it is. <laughs> but my nature is like, if it's not a question, I feel like it's information. Right. Being lofted my way. And many times I don't see the need to respond. Now, is that the correct way? Probably not. I should probably respond, but I don't see the need in those cases. But many times, when somebody doesn't respond to us, well, they're mad at me. Yeah. They must hate me. That's true. And then it gets worse and worse and worse, and we start prescribing motives that aren't really there, and we do that with God. Yep. But sometimes – and the cool thing is, gay doesn't know my motives, you know, or somebody whoever takes me doesn't know my motives. That's not what I'm thinking, but they don't really know that because I could be thinking that. Who knows? Yeah. The thing with God is we know his motives. Yeah. We know true. he wants what's best. We know we are his children. We know he loves us. We know that he will never do anything wrong against us. But we do that. Yeah. God's mad at me. That's true. God's not talking to me. He's mad at me. I don't know why. That's not the case. Yeah. Period. The the point is he knows what's best. Right. And sometimes silence is what we need yeah. because it may be that we're asking for something that's not in his will. It's maybe we're asking for something that's out of line and there's just no answer and rightfully so sometimes. And he's doing us a favor right. by not answering us right. in that case. Yeah. yeah. How about this scripture passage? This comes from James five sixteen. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And just before that, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And what I think about when I read this is that we we have to humble ourselves before God, before prayer can be powerful, right? It's saying the prayer of a righteous man. And so what is a righteous person? What is a righteous person? Well, it's somebody who is who has gone to, to God and said, Lord, I'm sorry for all these things I've done. Please make me 
make me whole and make me, make me righteous. Mm-hmm. And unless we're willing to do that, then the powerful prayer is just not as effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's an important, an important thing. So, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think it's where we get prayer wrong all the time. Um, I think that a lot of times we rush right in and sometimes that makes sense, but a lot of times it's all pre, the, the way that God is going to respond to our prayer a lot of times I think c- comes from how, I remember there was a big bang theory. It's probably a terrible reference, but, <laughs> but I remember big, the big bang theory. So Sheldon, they're, they're waiting in line to see this movie premiere mm-hmm. and they're back toward the back of the line. And somebody Sheldon doesn't like gets some preferential treatment and he kind of skips the line and they let him into the movie. Well, in the end, Sheldon's group doesn't get in to see the movie because it fills up. And so by one person, by one person. (laughs) Yeah. And so, of course, in the interim of this, he's talking to this guy who has let this other guy in like he's a dog, mm-hmm. right? He calls him a petty functionary. And, and so, so he gives him this hard time. And then, of course, they're one group shy, one person shy. And so now that petty functionary, as he calls him, is at the beginning of that line. And now Sheldon's like, oh, come on, you can let us in. And the guy's like, why would I let you in after yeah. what you've done to me? Well, that's not the way God works. Right. But think about that because that's what we're doing to God mm-hmm. when we don't respect God and then we go to him with prayer. And the truth is, is that, you know, Sheldon, I'm, I, well, it's Sheldon. It's a whole different story. But if we ever get in that position where Sheldon is, we're going to probably feel bad about mm-hmm. what we did. And that's the way we should be with God. We should go to him first. I don't know why I thought about this this way because it kind of goes to what you're saying so many times we 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 communicate with God via text message and and let me let me elaborate on that what is a text message it's it's quick comments of what we need or what communication we need to get across it's short it's pithy it's to the point it's a text message and those are great i mean text messages are are great but if if you and I had never met and all we did is text message, is there a relationship there? There's what, not. What a great point. There's not. And, you know, I, I tell my boys sometimes, you know, because the younger generation is all about texting. And, and there again, you, you start to prescribe motives. Yeah. With text and you're, you're like, oh, they're mad at me. No. Yeah. no. You know, they said, uh, that person said, can you go get it? Or that person said, well, can you go get it? It, we, we start to prescribe, uh, feeling to it when there's no feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so many times we do this with God. We're like, this is what I need. This is what I need. And, and God will respond back with something we don't like. And we're like, well, God's fine. But, but what I tell my boys all the time when, when I hear this going on, pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. And so many times we don't do this with God. We're, we're, sending, we're shooting these text matches. We just need to bow our head mm-hmm. and put the phone down and pray and talk to God. But more importantly, more important than talking, we need to listen. Mm. And But so many times we're just firing text off saying, God, I need this. I need you to do this. And we don't get what we – where if we sit and we'll talk to God, many times he'll speak to our spirit and say, this is this is why. 
Yeah. This is why, but you've, we've got to be still enough long enough to hear that. Yeah. Wow. What a great, powerful example. Another scripture passage from Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Again, putting this in context, this is Jesus talking in this verse and he's talking to the disciples and he's, he, he goes on to say, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Um, the, the whole idea here is, um, we have to be right before God when, when we're praying to God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's why the, the Lord's prayer is the way the Lord's prayer is. There's the, the, before you start asking for things, there's the adoration of God and there's the forgiveness of sins before you get to that point, right? It's, mm-hmm. there's, they call it the model prayer for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of times we don't do that again. It's the, just like you just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, just a perfect, perfect example. I th- I'm seeing a pattern here. And I, and I'll bet you in this case, in the context of this story, I'll bet you that Rhonda's father, I'll bet he had already spent a lot of time in prayer about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And he had that person. He wasn't texting back and forth with God. He had that personal relationship. He didn't start that day. That's right. And, uh, and that's, that made those prayers much more powerful. John fourteen thirteen and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So I want to park here for just a second, because I think so many people get hung up on what this verse means. And even we get, we get confused by the, some of the reasons or the explanations of what this verse means sometimes. Because you read it and you're like, well, I can ask God for anything and that's what will be given to me. And, and I, I don't know if God gave me this this morning because it goes right along with that text message. But let's, let's put this in the context of me and you for just a minute. So you and I are, are great friends. We know each other. We sit across this table, and a lot of times I know what you're thinking, and you know what I'm thinking, and a lot of sometimes we don't even agree on things. <clears throat> but in the context, I think you would say to me, and I know I would say to you, Dean, whatever you need, just let me know, and I'll I'll make it happen. I would say that to you, yeah, and you would say that to me, yeah, and mean it, because you know there's several things that you know. You know I'm never going to ask you to do something that's out of line. Mm-hmm. You know I'm never going to ask you to do something that's undoable for you. I, you know that I would never come to you and say, Dean, I, I want you to give me a, a million dollars. <laughs> You're never going to come to me and say, Mitchell, I want you to give me a million dollars. Number one, I don't have it. But number two, you just know that I would not give you a million dollars. But if I called you and said, Dean, there's a storm coming in. Tonight, I need you to come help me sure up some of these trees so they don't blow over. Mm-hmm. You'd be in the truck in five minutes. Right. Because now if a complete stranger in Cartersville called you and said, Dean, you have no idea who I am. There's a storm moving in tonight and, and I need you to help me with some trees. 
You might, but you might not. Yeah. But with me, I I can count on you because we have that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what this verse is saying. Ask me anything in my name. It's it's the same. It's the same as you saying to me. And let me know anytime you need anything. I'm there. Yeah. Because we have the relationship to where I know not to ask you for certain things because that would just be dumb. Right. But I know that the the things that I would ask you for, you'll respond. I think that's exactly how it is with God. We, I'm, I'm not going to ask God for a million dollars because that would be just as silly as asking you for a million dollars. Yeah. But God, please help me not let these trees hit my house. Dean, I need some help shearing these trees up because there's a storm coming in. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to help me with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why that kind of struck me this morning that that, that's how I see this verse is that's good. there's things I'm not going to ask God to do. I've never looked at that one quite that way, but I, you know, I'll take it one step further too with what you're talking about. It would be if, if you called me and asked me to help with those trees, well, I, it's not just that I'm going to come help you. It would be an honor for me to come help you. Sure. It would be, that would, not only would I do it willingly, I would do it enthusiastically, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way God wants to be for us. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Unless you have that relationship, then why would God do that? Right. Sure. It makes sense. It's pretty good. Question. Do you pray with boldness, believing you will receive what you are asking for? Boy, that's a tough question there. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man. Cause how many times do we pray? And it's, I mean, the truth is most of the time we just hope. Right. We, we hope God's going to answer a prayer. And I'll probably a lot of times it may be because we don't ask the prayer the right way. You know, like God, I want you to do this thing, but maybe that thing isn't what we need, but we need that prayer answered. It just needs to be answered in a different way. And we don't even recognize that it's being answered, but, but a lot of times maybe we don't ask right. But, um, and I, I looked, I, I thought about this. What's important when we pray? with boldness is not that we believe in God. Mm-hmm. The Bible says the devil believes in God, mm-hmm. right? But that we believe God because God says he is going to help us, that he has our all the things we've just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. It, those are his motives to help us out. And so if we believe God in what God has said, and we believe in God, obviously we have to believe in him to believe him, then we can be as bold as we want to be and God's going to God's going to answer prayers because for all the reasons we just talked about let, let me take this one step further you know sometimes cuz we we talked about if you have that relationship with God you you know you know there's things you're not going to ask God I'm I'm not going to ask God for a million dollars but there are times when I ask God for things that he doesn't give me, not because we don't have that relationship, but because it's just the wrong thing and I don't really see it. And I guess I'm looking at this through the lens of if, if I had a child 
who was addicted to drugs. Thank God I don't. But if I had a child who was addicted to drugs, I have a personal relationship with that child. But they're doing something that's not healthy for it. And many times they can't see it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we like to say that it's so obvious that they have a problem, but many times for that person, they don't, they can't see it. Yeah. And it's like that child asking me for a hundred dollars. Any other circumstance, I would give them a hundred dollars. Yeah. They feel like that's something that they need, or maybe they need to go buy food, but we know that that is only, I'm not going to give them a hundred dollars because I know that somehow that's going to make its way to more drugs. Yeah. So I'm not going to be complicit in what they're doing. And I think so many times we, we ask God for things that we feel like is the right thing, but God knows it's Him being complicit in something that we're doing over here and we can't see it. Yeah. And there's so many of those things that we may not ever see till we get to heaven. And those are the no's. Thank God for unanswered prayers. We can always look back and see these things. But many times when we're in it and we ask God, he's, he's not going to be complicit in any way in something that's either going to harm us or that's sinful. And, but many times we can't, it's just like our kids. Yeah. We do things to our kids when they're growing up that they don't understand. You hate me. We, they start prescribing motives that aren't there. That's right. And well, no, it's yeah. pretty deep here. That is. That's it's deep water. That's really, really good. Another question, have you experienced the result of an audacious prayer, yours or someone else's? So I have this, I have this example of a running thing that is a very, very small thing, but I still, I I think about this prayer all the time because it was so amazing and I've never prayed the same prayer again. Um, I have some, I have some issues when I go for a run. I frequently have to find a place to go to the bathroom in an emergency. Mm -hmm. Um, Most runners probably have at least had that uh, at least once or twice. I have it relatively frequently. Well, one one time, I I was actually, we were in Cincinnati, Ohio, Mm -hmm. for the uh, triathlon national championships. And we were staying in Glen Allen, Virginia. Or Virginia, not Virginia. We were staying in. No. No. Westchester, Ohio. Yeah, but I was staying somewhere else, Glenn, something else. Anyway, I was staying <laughs> just outside of Cincinnati. Yeah. And wherever I was staying, there's a really, really nice neighborhood. And I was running down through this neighborhood and it's a bunch of old houses and there is nowhere. Mm-hmm. There were some shops there and they were all closed down at this particular time. And there's nowhere. There was nowhere. I mean, I, I had nowhere to go to the bathroom and I literally stopped and I knelt on the sidewalk I was running on and I said, God, please, just please, this one time, I said, please take this away from me. And I promise you, I got up and I ran the rest of that run and had no issues at all. I mean, it was a literal answered prayer for something that was so trivial and so You can never accuse Dean or I of not being transparent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it was such a trivial thing, yeah. right? And I yeah. thought, man, if God will answer that prayer, what prayer won't he answer? Yeah. Right? And I just thought it was, it, I don't know. Like I said, it's running related, so I thought it was fair to share. Well, many times it's, it's you know, if we're walking outside and there's a box in the truck, 
and and I've got my hands full. So many times I'll walk out. You'll be right beside. I'm using this as an example. You're right mm-hmm. beside me, and instead of saying, "Hey, Dean, will you grab that box?" I'll go inside because we don't want to bother people, right? Yeah. We'll go inside. I, I will. I'm going to use Holly as an example. Holly would rather have arms full, walk inside, lay it down, and go back and get the box rather than ask Dean, who's standing right beside her, who can grab the box. Yeah. Why do we do that? Why do we Why do we not ask? I mean, I do. I would say, hey, Dean, will you grab that box? Yeah. But yeah. some personalities were like, oh, I don't want to bother them with that. We're not. If you have that relationship, you're not bothering. Yeah, it's true. If, if you're a child of God, you're not bothering him. If Holly said, hey, Dean, would you grab that box? Like you said, it would be an honor to exactly. grab that box. But we think we can only go to God with the big things. Yeah. But if we never go to God with the little things, many times we're not going to know what or how to ask for those big things. It, yeah. it needs to be habitual. Yeah. Everything. Take it to God. He may say no. He may say wait. But he may pick up that box that you th- think is so trivial. He yeah. may take that urge away from you. Yeah. That I would probably never pray that prayer. I will now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, he did that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it, good. that's good, Dean. Yeah. You know, and that answered prayer was so, it was such, it was such, so obviously an answered prayer and a, a big deal that I'm, I don't, I don't want to pray that prayer anymore. Uh, I've been in similar situations, not quite as bad, but similar situations since then. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like I should pray that prayer again. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Last, that called TMI. Yeah. Too much information. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Do you consider yourself to be a prayer warrior? Do you have a prayer warrior in your life you turn to in difficult situations? No to the first, yes to the second. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't consider myself a prayer warrior. Um, I don't feel like that's the, the, I think God gives us all gifts. And I think for some people, some people have the gift of prayer and that's what they're, that's what they do. And they're so, it's not that they're good at prayer. It's like they, they've got this extra connection with God or something. I don't know, but I think my talent is somewhere else. And so, uh, but I do know people and I go to those people and, and I'll ask them to pray for things. And, um, we, I can't help but think about this one lady we have in our church who's a prayer warrior. I mean, that's what she does. And she will literally drive through my neighborhood. Our neighborhood's right up behind the church. And she'll drive through the neighborhood. She'll stop in front of every house and she'll pray for that house specifically and then move on to the next house. That's what a prayer warrior does, I think. And, um, that's just, it's impressive for those people, but it's not me. It doesn't let us off the hook though. You, no, you said it in your notes. It's, yep. uh, cause my knee jerk reaction is to say, no, I'm not a prayer warrior. That's, I, I would push back on the, that's not my gift because that's initially what I would say. But I think, I think it's, it's our call. It it's is our absolutely call. our call. Yeah. And, and we all have, I'm to pray. sitting here convicted as everybody right now thinking, cause I have the ladies in my church too. I, I'm, I'm thinking the same exact thing you're thinking, Miss Anna Henson in our church. Yeah. I mean, when I think prayer, I think Miss Anna. 
Yeah. I thank my wife. Yeah. Every morning she's in there before anybody gets up. You know, we need to not say that's them, not me. We need to try to be more like them. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I look at, I guess it depends on how you define the phrase prayer warrior. Sure. Cause yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we're all in that battle, whether we want to be or we don't want to be. We're right. all in that battle. So I guess to some degree, we're all prayer yeah. warriors. So that may be another way to look at a different angle. So yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, you're absolutely not off the hook when it comes to prayer. Uh, it's an essential, absolutely 100%. You can't be a Christian and not pray, period. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. That sure. may hurt some people's feelings, but that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. (laughs) In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. Okay, so there's this new study. You know how I love to talk about studies. There's you know one. how I like to double check stuff. That's right, yeah. Well, this one was out of the University of New York. It was done on mice, but they believe that it translates pretty directly to human. Um, and it says that moderate exercise has a positive effect on inflammation in the body. Now, it's something we probably already knew, but um, it's good to see some confirmation of it. Um and it's important because we think of inflammation as being bad, right? Mm-hmm. We think inflammation is a bad thing. But not all inflammation is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We need some inflammation in our body because that means inflammation means healing, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's why, you know, some people, and I've been guilty of taking a lot of ibuprofen because I'm, because, because I'm hurting. Well, sometimes you need to let that hurt and you need to let the body do its thing. And um, running in general, walking in general, uh, endurance exercise in general will help regulate the amount of inflammation in our body in the right way so that we can fight the sicknesses. It's part of the reason why runners in general don't get as sick as people sure. who are non-runners. Um, it's because we have the right amount of inflammation. So, um, And that's pretty important. They found out that... Um, Regular exercises, what it does is it helps promote white blood cell production, which is what is the, what fights the mm-hmm. disease in our body. Um, what's interesting, I, th- I think about it though, is they know that that happens, but they don't really understand why it happens. It's, it's fascinating to me that our body, as much as we know science wise, we still don't understand how things work, right? But what's the, pr- so the problem is though with what we would call excessive inflammation um, and excessive inflammation leads to things like heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, cancers. Um, a lot of those start because of a, an excessive inflammatory response from your body's immune system. And so that's why this is so important. And it's why 
part of the reason is our body is just more fit. But this is another reason why why exercise is so important to keeping you keeping things like heart disease away from your body. It's not just be having a healthier heart. Mm-hmm. It's the things that support your heart as well. I don't know why I got this picture in my head all of a sudden of, um, you know, I, I help a, a guy, actually the, the chairman, the, the former chairman of our board of Run for God, um, he likes to do control burns. And, you know, control burns, you go into a forest and you, uh, we just did some property that we own. You, you, you light the forest floor on fire and it burns the pine needles and it burns the sweet gum trees and all the undergrowth and it, it keeps the forest floor nice and clean so that you never have that wildfire. And that's kind of like what this good inflammation is. It keeps everything efficient in the body so that when that lightning strike happens, that injury happens, it doesn't burn the forest down. And I don't, I don't know. That may be completely wrong, but I, that's you, the picture I've got in my head. You are on fire on your analogies today. Maybe it's from two days of using my brain overload. I don't, Maybe I don't know. so. You might need more of this. Uh, <laughs> Please the, don't. <laughs> well, we know running is good for our immune system, but here's a word of caution. The word of caution is this. is actually too much running. Too much exercise actually has the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I had this discussion with one of the guys. He was a, he's a running coach who was at the thing we were at this week. And we were talking about how running a marathon, not good, not, not necessarily good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, all the getting in shape <laughs> up to a point is really good for you, but. Running 26.2 miles, the actual act of running to 26.2 miles is a little excessive on mm-hmm. our body. Now, it's cool to do it, and it's worth it, and, and all of that. It's but it's not why bad. we don't do it every day. It's not bad for you. But, yeah, but you can do, you can go overboard. You yeah. can do too much. And so um, you can suppress your immune system when you do too much, and you don't want to do that. So, But we do know that exercise helps our immune system, and that's awesome. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You ever go for a swim after a run? I love it. Feels good, don't it? Especially this time of year. Yeah. This one's called A Lot of Work for a Small Benefit. Shortly after Debbie and I were married, we found a house in Cahutta, Georgia that we liked. The house was 95% complete, but the couple who had had it built, who had built it had split up before it was complete. It made for an interesting closing. Not comfortable, but interesting. We even thought it might not go through, but it did. Our move was as interesting as the closing, albeit just as uncomfortable. We rented the largest U-Haul truck possible and loaded everything we owned into the truck and drove towards Cahutta. Along the way, we stopped at a gas to put gas in the truck to leave it full for the dealer. When we tried to resume our journey, the truck would not start. Our neighbor's first impression of us was one of us riding in a huge tow truck with our U-Haul behind us. Once we were in the house, though, things began to go well throughout the fall and winter. When spring arrived, we decided to act on something we had always wanted to do. We built a pool. We won't go into the adventures we had with the installation of the pool, but it was rife with meltdowns and even a reinstallation of our septic system. But after a few weeks, we had a pool. The pool had come at a cost, but it was great. And it had taken a lot, it had taken a lot of time and strife to get there. But when we got a chance to relax in the pool on a hot Georgia day, it was exhilarating. Today, we don't use it much, but nothing feels better after a hot afternoon run. 
it takes work and money to keep the pool up and running for those few times we t- we take to enjoy it these days to keep the pool up and running excuse me for those few times we take to enjoy it these days i may spend a total of an hour in the pool for the entire summer is it worth the cost and effort absolutely People ask me how I run on those 90 degrees, 90% humidity days, and this is one of my secrets. Just knowing that it is there will help drive me through those difficult runs. It's a lot of work to do for what seems like a small payback. One of the best benefits of running or walking is the energy you have for doing other things. For a runner, walking up a long flight of stairs is no big deal. For a walker, going to a theme park and walking around all day is a breeze. Just like all the work we put into a pool is worth it for the few minutes we enjoy it, all the work you do running and walking is worth it when it comes down to doing these occasional things, don't you think? If you're in your first months or even years of running or walking, you may feel like you experience setback after setback. Just keep going. Because it will all be worth it once things settle down. Even if the only time you feel the benefit is while doing physically demanding things, it will be worth it. The first time you hear the people around you say, I'm going to have to stop and rest, while you think, well, I feel pretty good. I promise it will all be worth it. I recently had a conversation with someone and he asked me a question about faith and the Bible. It just so happened that I had recently been studying that very topic It was satisfying to give a bold and complete answer to his question. I spend a lot of time reading and studying my Bible. Sometimes it can feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. I think, is it worth all the time and effort to understand why it is important to be in church weekly, for example? But when God presents me with an opportunity to share Christ with someone, I realize it is all worth it. The truth is that sometimes it is very similar to running. There are days when I love it and days when I just want to get through it. And we need both. It's important to keep moving forward in both our fitness journey and our faith journey. Some of those days will be spectacular, but some of them will feel like that 90-degree day. But when all is said and done, we can hang our hat on 1 Corinthians 9.25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. All the work we do on earth will, one day, be rewarded by something far greater than plunging into a cool pool on a 95-degree day. The Bible tells us that heaven will be greater than we can imagine. I can't wait to see it. You outdid yourself once again, Dean. Good job. Ooh. Boy, oh boy. We've we've had some adventures Mm -hmm. at our house. The pool was definitely one of them. Lawnmower. Lawnmower, yeah, that still keeps that's, coming up. That's a regular I'm about thing. Tired of hearing about about that lawnmower. Oh, yeah, you know somebody put a, a thing on the Facebook group and said we need to start a GoFundMe page for you to get a lawnmower. <laughs> but I don't think you would accept it. I think I think there's some twisted part of your brain that likes having those issues with the lawnmower. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Am want, I right? Well, here's. I think this is the thing. I don't want anything to beat me. And until I can get to the point where I sell that lawnmower while it's running well, you're taking a beating from that. I am. I am. So um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna overcome. I can see somebody bringing a brand new lawnmower, and Dean's like, "Nope, nope, good with the one I got." (laughs) 
I'm going to keep getting frustrated, mad, watching YouTube videos, venting about it. I've got new tires on it now. I mean, I can't. I can't. I told you, I I had a lawnmower kind of like yours. I didn't deal with it near as long as you. I started trying to fix things, and it just kept. And finally, I said, I gave it away. Gave that's, it away. That sounds like something you would do. Yeah, I just, yeah. You and I aren't wired exactly the same when it comes to that kind of right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, can you imagine that this? It was really funny that that first day we came into our neighborhood and we came in with a U-Haul towing our, our the the tow truck towing our U-Haul truck. Uh, it was a funny story because we, they came to the gas station. That sounds like a Dean story. It does. I mean, if somebody said, who did this happen to? I would say that happened to Dean. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. It's like the lawnmower thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, but what, what, what it, I remember the day like it was yesterday because we couldn't, we couldn't get it started back at the gas station when we stopped for gas. And so it's sitting there at the gas station and they came and met us there at the gas station. And the guy says, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tow the U-Haul up to Chattanooga so we can work on it because uh, we can't fix it here. And we'll put you guys up in a hotel in Chattanooga. <laughs> no. And I, I said, no. I said, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to tow that tow truck to my house because my bed is on that truck yeah. and I want to sleep in it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course they were, they were gracious and they did just that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a good story, but. It didn't seem like it in the moment, like it was going to be. A, uh, you, you start to have these problems, and you start to wonder if it's all worth it, mm-hmm. right? And then all that, all the hassle we went through with the putting that pool in—is it worth it? All the hassle of keeping it up. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into you know every time the you know had to replace you know it's it's a pool. You I don't. To, I've never had a pool. I never to, want a pool. You have to replace the pump every, you know, five or six years. You know, it's going to go, and it's it's never going to go out in the winter time, obviously, because you're not running it, or at least I don't run it in the winter time, and so it goes out when you need it, mm-hmm. of course. Um, you know, replacing sand in a pool filter mm-hmm. is about as nasty a job <laughs> as you'll do. People have asked us through the years because at our house we have a a great backyard. Yeah, it would be great for a pool, and I said. You know, there's six houses in my neighborhood. Four of them have pools. My mother-in-law has a pool, and my mom has a pool. Why do I need a pool? We just wait for somebody in our neighborhood to go out of town, and we go make ourselves yeah. at home. Yeah, it's way better that way. Way <laughs> yeah. better that way. Yeah. yeah. But you know, keeping up with all that stuff, it's all worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. And and those again, really seriously, I don't. When I get through with a run, I will get through with a run, and I will. I go to my diving board. I dive off. I swim to the other side, dunk my head under one more time, and I get out and I, I sit on the side of the pool for a little while. Yeah. That's it. I get the appeal. Yeah. I'd yeah. just rather do it in my neighbor's pool. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. Of course, on the spiritual side, is there anything that feels better than having that answer to a non-believer's question like I was talking about in here? When somebody asks you a question and you just – it's like God is – Giving you the answer, it's like it's it's right. It, it comes right off your. Always be ready to share the hope you have in Christ. That yeah, comes through reading. It comes through those text and phone calls that we talked about earlier. That's right. It, it comes from both, and uh, yeah. yeah, it is. It is rewarding and satisfying when you're able to have those faith conversations with somebody that doesn't know Christ, but you're able to share with them. It's not always easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably see me fail and lose my temper and whatever, but. At the core of who I am, when I sit down at night and and think about my day and think about eternity, I have peace. 
Yeah. And that's what's important. Yeah. And there's always a little bit more. So there's always something. If you think you, I've, re- I've read through the Bible 12 times, there's always more. There's always more. There's, how many times do we read the same passage over again? The one we've read 1200 times before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it says something different to us. Sure. It's so deep. It's amazing. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radioactive Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. All right, every week I share a reason why running and uh, running and or walking is so awesome. And this is the reason this week. Marcus Robinson is the reason this week. So I recently met a guy by that name at the USATF National Championship track meet. And so it was it was really interesting. I talked about this a little bit on Thursday night. So if you've already heard it, I'm sorry. But we had been delayed. The The awards usually are done pretty quick. Like almost as soon as you get through, you get a little bit of a cool down in and you go and you can pick up your award. It's ready for each event. Well, for whatever reason, for the event that we did, he and I both had done the same event, different age groups. And um, we're standing there, and we're standing there, and we're standing there. And we stood there for about 10 minutes before finally one of us looked at the other one and started talking. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking with this guy, and he's he just started running a couple of years ago. He made a, he talked about my Run for God shirt. And so, um, and then we started talking about his tattoos. The guy had tattoos. I, I don't know how many tattoos, dozens of tattoos all over him. And every single one of his tattoos were some kind of God message. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what that's, I call it his tattoo ministry. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool. But what running does is it brings us together to people that I don't know that I would have met Marcus anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. But, here he is. We've exchanged phone numbers. He is part of run. He is in run club now. Hmm. Um, and he just, he's just so full of life. It's just mm-hmm. this, this look in his eyes, the way that he talks. And I just, I just love it. And I love every time we, we meet a, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ and, and it becomes exciting like that. So that just doesn't happen in a lot of other sports. I don't think. Well, here's an interesting story. I saw this video of a guy. He bought some super shoes. We've talked about super shoes on here before. If you don't know what that is, those are shoes. They have usually have a carbon plate and a special foam in it that provides a little bit of, of um, um, it's anti-fatigue for one thing, but it also provides a little bit of spring back as you run. And they're very expensive, but they're meant, meant for racing. Um, typically, uh, most people uh, a lot of people use them for marathons. Um, well, this guy bought some of these super shoes on eBay. Well, he got the, the shoes in and he realized that the shoes were fakes. Um, now, he also used the shoes for a little while. And the reason why he bought them on eBay to start with, and preface that, is because he wasn't sure if he wanted to spend that much money on them. He didn't know if they would really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he got them and he realized they made a difference and they felt pretty good. 
And so he decided after he wore those for a little bit, well, if these do really well, what would the real ones do since these are fake? So he buys some real ones and he compares them side by side. And sure enough, you can see very, very minor things that you could tell the difference between the two. But you could tell they were definitely fakes, although they did have the carbon plate in them. A lot of the fakes don't have carbon plates in them. This one did. Anyway, so he takes these two shoes. and Now he decides I'm going to do an experiment with these two shoes. And he what he does is he does he runs a 5K at like a what would be his tempo pace. Mm -hmm. And then he rests for about 45 minutes and he runs a 5K in the other shoe um, and and measures. What he's doing is he's measuring his heart rate and his effort based on the pace that he's running. And what he found out was that uh, the fake shoes were better than the real shoes. And it was, I mean, I looked at his methodology and stuff and the way that he did this. And, of course, this is not a scientific study or anything like that. But I thought it was pretty sound in the way that he did it. So he did this test six times. And each time he started with it, so he would start with the the fake one first and then do the real one. Then he would start with the real one and do the fake one. So it was it was all pretty even. And in every case, whether you whether whether he did the the real one first or the fake one first didn't matter the fake one always had a lower heart rate to run at the same pace and i thought mm. that's fascinating cuz you would think you know the fake one couldn't possibly be as good as the real one right mm-hmm. but not true don't you think that's fascinating what do you think what do you think the reason for that is i i don't know Here's my theory. My my theory is that the fake one did not have the same foam, probably, mm-hmm. and that the foam was probably a little more firm than the the uh, than the real one. And the real one is meant to reduce fatigue over a long period of time. And so they're probably, if he were not running a five k, if he were running a marathon, the real ones would probably be better. Mm-hmm. But in a five k. The firmer foam is probably a little more responsive. And so that's why they were more efficient. Hmm. That's my thought. I don't know that. I mean, there's no evidence to tell me that, but now we're not endorsing going out and buying knockoff stuff. We are definitely not. We are, but I, you know, I've often wondered, I I bought my oldest son a, a guitar years ago that I got at home and realized it was fake and it was supposed to be a Les Paul. I don't even know what all that stuff means. Anyway, he does. And, but I took it to a guitar shop uh, before I gave it to him for Christmas, and the, and the one of the guys in the guitar shop from across the room noticed it was fake. Wow! And he he came over and I did get my money back and all that, but it was fine. But anyway, what he started showing me, I said, "How did you know it was fake?" And he said, "Well, this is a good one." He said, "But the the knobs, he went and got a real Les Paul and laid it down beside it, and the only way he could tell." was the knobs were shaped just a little bit different. And my question to him was, if you're going to break the law and make something illegal, they got it 99.9% right. Why didn't they just get the yeah. make knock off the right knobs? Because that's a pretty easy thing to do. Right. So if you're, if you're going to make it fake, why not, not go all at the way? least do it right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I, I don't, I do not like knockoff stuff like that, especially if like, yeah, the China knockoff where it's just obviously legal and they're trying to. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, now it's one thing if you buy something that's a cheaper version of something. Generic, that's, yeah. That's a generic. Yeah, and that, I, that's I, not I, I'm completely fine with a lot of generic things. Yeah. You know, until you get into like Oreos. <laughs> don't, don't bring me generic Oreos or, but most things, I'm, I'm completely fine with generic, yeah. but it's the Chinese knockoff stuff that. Yeah. If you have, if you've got a logo on it that's not yours, then, then yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. If it's a, that's a problem. Nike swish instead of a swoosh, you know. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's an issue. But anyway, very interesting story. Yeah. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? <clears throat> This one is very simple and straightforward. How many people in the USA are walkers, meaning walking for fitness reasons? How many people are walkers? Any idea on that? Do you? Have- I have no idea, and I'm I'm wondering. I'm wondering, is it more than runners or less than runners? I wonder. I wonder. I know I mean, the answer your, to that your question. Your knee jerk would be it's more. Yeah. But then you start thinking about it, and it may be less. So who knows? We'll find out next week, though. I know the answer, and I'm not sharing it. But if you know the answer, you can send that to me, and I can verify if that's the right answer. And if you're the first person that sends me the correct answer, then you're going to win $20 off in the Run for God store. Because I think I know the number of runners in the United States, or what the statistics say. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. So send it to Dean at runforgod.com. Be the first one. I'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Estee Lauder. (laughs) She said, I never dreamed about success. I worked for it. (laughs) Well put. Isn't that good? It is. It's good to have dreams. Dreams are fine. But yeah, it has to come with work. So it was just, uh, we had a, a we had a workout this morning with the high school kids, and there's one kid in particular who talks a big, he wants to do so much. And like in this morning's workout, he just crumbled, and you could tell he just gave up in the middle of the workout. It's one thing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, it. yep, just get out there and do it. You want to complete a marathon? It's just one foot in front of the other. Yep. That's all it is. It's simple. All right. Until next week. May God bless every step of every run and or walk. (laughs) Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.